swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads where bandits are. Catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron It's ore. a grand theft of Elder Scrolls, Simon's quest with Toe and Earl, rock shoes to every clue, Easter eggs and gaming news, the POTUS need some bad dudes to crash crew like Bandicoot, all shit and gaming and glitch control issues. Shit, the game and control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. y'all. Well, this is control issues. I am the AMC, and this is a dub. Oh, damn, <laughs> I, I get the rhythm of this mixed up with the with the end part. So this is a dub. <laughs> Thanks for you playing. Can, you can find us. <laughs> Control-issues.com That dash is a hyphen You can also go to your podcast provider Whoever that may be Look for Control Issues Download and subscribe to it Uh, Also head on over to Twitch.tv slash Control Issues Pod Where we put up gameplay videos For your viewing pleasure And head on over to X My Control Issues is the handle Lastly Start us a message Um, What's the email address? Control issues pod at gmail.com. I'm a little absent minded today. You'll have to forgive me, but AMC, how are you? Uh, I've been great, been great. We've been off for two weeks. A Dove had a big trip. Uh, uh, last week, oh, yeah. I got to, uh, I got a night off. We were, we were going to reschedule to Saturday, but my mom said that she had, um, she could babysit on Saturday and we had already had plans. So, yeah. So last, uh, last week, I went to uh, this comedy and magic club it's a it's a comedy Ooh. club over here on like the you know on the hermosa side of uh la whatever and um yeah it, it was it was awesome it was great it was um i like usually i've only been to what like comedy store and uh the improv i went to like a comedy club in uh chicago that was pretty dope but mostly yeah Ooh. when i'm when i'm in la like it's that the comedy store and the improv and so uh it was it was kind of cool to like go to a different place and not see you know the not the usual suspects, but you know, like all the the names <laughs> of what you like expect when you like you go to like a comedy store. Like you're gonna see like a lot of big names if you go there, but like, okay. but still like a bunch of just great professional comics who just had me tearing up. It'd been a while. I actually haven't watched comedy in like a minute, so it was kind of nice to like also just see comedy. But um, what's it called? Uh, yeah, I was like a bunch of people I didn't know, so I didn't know what to expect, and you know, they're just professional like there's just so many comics out there who aren't necessarily household names but who have been grinding it out for years and just have like a tight like eight minutes and each person up there was great there was one uh magician like you know comic magician he was awesome like i don't even know he did like a trick and it was just all jokes in the middle of that he had a bird up there who you assume is part of the act and the bird is just there <laughs> like just making noises it would have been hilarious if the bird was telling jokes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> hitting them with the punchlines <laughs> yeah little singers yeah little, the bird just got one line <laughs> yeah. oh man yeah and so um yeah it was great it was a good night had had a good time and then um yeah outside of that been watching a lot of um finally got into white lotus now that we're getting back into mm. tv shows so uh getting through the first season it's already awesome a lot of people talked about how good the show is so it was it was nice that something met the uh the hype and the expectations that people are putting on it 
And yeah, um, so yeah, just enjoying life. How about yourself, A Dub? How you been? Oh man, been chilling, holding it down, getting tired of my discipline, yeah. all the cliches. You know how it goes. Um, finally caught up with my my dad and the family to go out for what was his birthday celebration. It was like way back in August. However, we got those Universal Studios tickets for October first. It was a Sunday. We went. And of course, it was all about Super Nintendo World. I finally did it. Yes. <laughs> you know, j- just a brief history. Like, Super Nintendo World got announced for Japan. I was like, oh, that's awesome. One day I'm going to go back to Japan. I'm going to go there. And then eventually it got announced for the Hollywood location. I was like, oh, that's awesome. I get to go. <laughs> <laughs> ne- didn't think about it nothing and then out of nowhere my dad's like oh yeah for my birthday let's go to super nintendo world i was like absolutely sir so that's great (laughs) more than a grown-ass man wanting to go to (laughs) wanting to go to nintendo world that like just that makes my heart like so warm (laughs) it's like a it's like a triple prestige man (laughs) yeah man man yeah but i mean he was he was the original gamer in the family he was all about pinball he he brought the nintendo and you know, got us the Super Nintendo, always got me, like, the systems and the games for birthdays and Christmases. So, you know, he he fanned the flames that would become control issues. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> he helped. He, he fanned one of the flames, the twin embers that became the Inferno. Sweet in the nation. <laughs> but, yeah, so Super Nintendo World, you know, it you see it in the distance you're coming down the escalator it's just like ah it's right there it looks so dope and then you get inside and it's just like you transport to another world you, you go i'm not going to spoil that that fallout 3 step out moment but like you emerge into super nintendo world and it's just like you're in you're in mario like, for real <laughs> For real, it's bricks, question blocks, and you're, it, as far as you can see, as as high as you can look. I mean, you're you're surrounded by it. It's not a very big area of the park, which I think actually works to its benefit because it's very easy to see and do everything within the area. You don't have to spend the whole day trekking. Just like I wonder what's around this corner, and oh, here's this fork in the road and there's these eight things over here and these six things over here it's just like all right there's that there's that there's the stuff let me check the map you know that kind of thing Uh so the beauty of the super nintendo world is that it's very much designed like a game and the one the one best thing you could do for yourself if you're really into nintendo and mario and want to get the most out of the park get that power up band because what that does is it makes more of the things in the park interactive. And it, it just, once you get the app and you get it going, it, it goes to a whole other level. Like Nintendo d- did what Nintendo does, which is figure out how to like gamify something to the greatest extent. Because, you know, we've all been to theme parks, your you're Knott's Berry Farms is, your Disneyland's, is, and it's excellent. They're amazing like representations of the worlds and the feelings that they intend to capture. But overall, it's not very interactive. Like you go here, you wait here, you get on that, you get off, you go here, you wait here. And with Super Nintendo World, it's it's a bit more nuanced than that, especially with the bracelet, because it's like you can hit the bricks. You can go around and look at all the different 
artworks and statues like Mario and Luigi show up every couple of hours. You can go take pictures and chill out. You know, they have the cafe, which gets booked up very fast. So, you know, make sure you, you get that reservation in because you can miss it. it. You know, it has the rides and everything, but like the rides, you earn points and the rides are interactive. Like the Mario Kart ride, you're, you're turning the wheel, you're shooting you shoot turtle shells, you got the AR goggles on, so you're you're seeing everything that's happening, you're lining up your shots, you're hitting the princess, you're hitting the Koopa Troopas, <laughs> and you, you're getting icons like it is just straight up Mario Kart. It, it gets you engaged with ultimately what is a very simple ride, but because they add those additional layers, you're engaged with it as if it was a game of Mario Kart. And then, you know, there there's all kinds of like physical games, there's a piranha plant game, there's a Google game. And, but I think the genius in it is that, like I said, you go around the park, you hit the bricks and stuff, you're earning points, you're getting coins. Um, you're also unlocking stickers as you're going along. And you could look on your phone app, you could look at what each sticker is and how to earn it. So that's helping to drive you to different areas of the park to interact with it differently. Like you might need to hit three pow blocks to get a sticker you need to hit 250 blocks to get another sticker or you need to hit every brick in the park to get a different sticker or you need to hit every brick in a particular location to look in the in the binoculars and look at a specific thing and you know it gives you a little a visual showcases it, it's awesome and what you do even with that are there are keys that you can earn around the park for doing for you know having particular achievements and once you get three keys then you can get access to the bowser jr ride and that's the one where it's like oh you're you're really in it like it's straight up it's it's like being inside a game and you know you got to put the the band on your on your wrist and you're you see things happening and you're reacting to it physically so that that's the most say about that like there's some jumping there's punching and, and swatting and ducking involved it's, <laughs> dude, it, it, was, it was a great time like super nintendo world is an excellent example of what the next stage of an amusement park could be and i think nintendo has done it again in their own unique fashion uh, i would definitely go back i hope they expand the park and yeah it was it was nice to share that memory not only with like my parents who started the whole thing in the family, but also my little nephew, my sister, who was also a gamer for a while. And yeah, man, it was, I'm not tearing up or anything. I had a little something in my chest, but, but yeah, that Super Nintendo world was awesome. Uh, I binge watched the entire season of ah Ahsoka. Oh, nice. How was that? Oh, it's amazing. It's yeah, so good. I can't wait. I can't wait to and get like, to you, you know, I saw the initial reviews and like, oh, the first, first episode. Yeah, yeah. The first uh, episode, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't really know where this is going and I don't know why they did this. This episode didn't really do anything. It's like, I've watched all eight of them back to back to back. It's like, I, I got the movie experience. Y'all got the serialized week to week television experience. Yeah, I, I, feel I like loved every minute of it. I can't wait for season two. Yeah, I feel like people are like kind of quick to kind of call the downfall of Disney Plus, and so they're mm -hmm. like, "Oh, like I didn't, I didn't get into Secret Invasion. I don't know." <laughs> so like, I think oh, like, Secret Invasion. Like, I need to. Watch. I have so many things I don't watch. I know, Loki, <laughs> Loki just came this week. <laughs> I know, and I'm I'm gonna wait it out. 
I got to wait it out to the finale. Yeah. I got to <laughs> rewatch like the first season to get a reminder of everything because it just so, happened and so much happened in that first season. So, so much, much has yeah. happened since then. <laughs> uh, and of consequence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, oh, Loki found a pet. It's like, no, yeah. I mean, the, the whole multiverse got set in motion. <laughs> the alligator the alligator Logie. the alligator the OG Logie. <laughs> <laughs> president Logie. yeah that's <laughs> awesome nah but I'm a Sylvie man I love her she's awesome yeah and my dude but see I, I got love for all the characters but my girl Gugu and Batha Raw man she's shit I think her name is like Raven Raven's Lord or something yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. She's the shit. Yeah. Yeah. So there's just there's just so much right now that like that's why I like when people like the reason why I brought that up was just people are just quick to jump on like Ahsoka. Like, oh like I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> then, well, like there it's not so but like it's not just that they're so quick to jump on it, but they're jumping on it in the same way that people who are just impatient with movies are where you're watching something, you're both watching something for the first time, but they're asking you a bunch of questions like, why did they do that? Why, where does this happen? Why <laughs> is this? It's like, it, this experience is planned over the duration of the film. You just watch <laughs> everything, just watch it and absorb it. All your questions will be answered by the time you reach the conclusions. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's Shut up. Shut yeah. Up. Oh, man. But yeah, watch all of Ahsoka. Caught up on Jujutsu Kaisen. It, it's getting serious in that. I'm excited for where the next episodes are going. Uh, kind of fell off Zom 100. I'm, I'm like a couple episodes back. Uh, I'll get back to it. I watched Totally Killer because your boy is a horror fan, which is actually, it was a very it was a very fun horror film with some interesting ideas that you just got to yeah. roll with. Otherwise. It, None of it's none of it's gonna resonate. So I had fun with it. It was cute. <laughs> it, it was also very. It, I like the way that it handled. The, like basically, there's a time travel premise involved, and I like the way that they handled that. Um, I also watched Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, which was it was okay. I really wasn't hot on the Pet Cemeteries, but new horror. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna skip a new horror. What else did I watch? I think I watched. Oh, the Boogeyman. That was actually a pretty cool movie. So that's on Hulu. Good cast, and yeah, it's it's pretty frightening. I was I was checking all the dark spots in the house. Like I don't know if I'm gonna make it through the night. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's what I'm about. That's how it went. All right. Well, how about games, Adub? You know, it's been two weeks. There's been a lot that's been going on. Um, what have you been gaming on? Oh, there's been so much going on. And I, I fell into one of my odd ruts where, like, there are so many things to play, and I'm playing so many things, but I can't bring myself to complete something. Because, like, for instance, I was playing Starfield, and I was really on that for a while until it just started crashing on me multiple times a day, kicking me to the dashboard. So I was like, all right, let me put this up. Let me wait out a patch. Around that time, the 2.0 patch for Cyberpunk came around. I was playing the hell out of that because the following week, the Phantom Liberty DLC came out. And I had to give me, give me some of that Idris Elba. You can't sleep on that. So, you know, playing Cyberpunk, got 
up to and into the DLC, was trying to stream stuff and, you know, really save all the Idris action for the stream. However, I was running into an issue where every time I was doing a charge attack with my katana, especially when I was doing a dashing charge attack, like the game encourages you to do, the game would just freeze. So I was like, all right, let me just wait until they patch that. So I think about that time is when Starfield got patched, played it for a little bit, was like, all right, it works, and just kind of put it down again, and then decided, why not just... Just bring some some Red Dead Redemption Two back into the mix because uh, <laughs> I was I was on social media and I saw a video of just this dude like bow and arrow and an axe in Red Dead Two like he shoots at a guy another guy runs up grabs him, pushes him off just axe to the face gets <laughs> off him another guy runs up punches him pulls an arrow out stabs him with the arrow readies an arrow in the bow, shoots a guy in the chest, cuts him across the face with the axe, and then puts it in his chest. I was just like, yo, I as many hours as I put in that game, it is as okay as I got with the very, very broad control scheme. I never really got to a level where I was doing what I wanted as I thought about, which is typically where I get with the game when I'm in that that nirvana state so i was like let me just put it back in get back into that goodness you know get take it take it one button at a time start to figure out what i'm doing you know don't take any of the death seriously because that's just me not knowing what i'm doing still one of the most gorgeous nuanced games on the market today makes absolutely no sense uh i mean the frame rate it's one of those stable 30 situations. So while I would love 60, I'm not complaining about how the frame rate is for that game currently. And it's just, you get in there, I'm galloping along, trotting along, trample a critter, go to skin it, button pops up, critter runs away. Like, wait a minute, you're supposed to be dead. What the fuck's going on? I was like, that's a possum, isn't it? Hit it, hit it with the gun, go and skin it, possum. So like, they, these dudes got it down to the point where they can have a possum play dead and actually generate the button prompts for a dead creature. Hey, that blew my mind to a whole other level. Uh, somewhere along the line, uh, somewhere down the line, I, I lost my hat. And I was just like, cool, let's just roll with it. Help some dudes make some moonshine in the woods. They, they gave me some of it and some money for my troubles. Found a cabin, put together a whole you know, environmental story about some guy who who busted out of jail the day before his execution. He was robbing people to pay for medicine for his for I don't know if it was his wife or his mother, but she her carcass was in the bed, long since dead. Managed to make my way under the house, found a shotgun, cleaned it up, get it ready for action, put it in the saddlebag, mm-hmm. trotting along. Uh, I was I was heading north just to try to fill in a section of the map that i hadn't reached and the temperature started coming down john started getting cold it's like oh i need to come back here with a jacket or something (laughs) it's just like at every turn there's just some little detail it's like you know what that makes sense let me go somewhere else and do something you know go into the go into the general store and flipping through the catalog and buying stuff or just buying stuff off of the shelves while you're walking around browsing window shopping it's it, it's such an incredible game. But yeah, I 
played some of that, popped on some Diablo for a little bit, got like a, a level or two in, just feeling out where the season is, because we know uh, some of that new content is coming in roughly about a week. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, that's about it for me. Just with what I'm going through, it's making me really consider getting that internal uh, expansion for, for the hard drive. Because it's like, I want to have more stuff on my console. I'm getting to a point where every time I want to play something, I got to move three things off. And that's very not gangster. But AMC, what have you been playing? Uh, two games as of right now. Uh, the big one being, yes, Diablo 4 also, just always plugging away at that. Um, How are you so far? I'm loving it, man. I um, I got to the part where I'm, at least I got to a point where I'm actually, I noticed that I kind of stayed with uh, a, a certain build as far as, um, it was one of my, so there's like the primary attack, which I, I still have. Then there was kind of like a... Um, would just say a mid attack on top of that which uh is shot like this uh blight which would then like create like a puddle and it would slow the enemies um and in the puddle they were also taking shadow damage and um that was cool and then on top of that i had um what was the other move oh corpse explosion so i hit him with the blight slow them down they're taking the shadow damage then if i was hitting them with the primary attack the primary attack has a chance of creating corpse um at the at the enemy um you know just like 15 percent or whatever mm -hmm. uh that corpse pops up then i hit with that corpse explosion that that creates its own like field of damage and so it's like field on fields of area damage going to the enemy and i would do that and it was great and then uh went in and I was just looking at that that one the blight attack for the necromancer and i was just like ah you know like i feel like i'm not really utilizing it the way um like i'm not really utilizing it like as much as i should and he's like you know i'm gonna change it up so i switched it up i went to this other move sever and so at this point i'm kind of recognizing i'm a like shadow summoning necromancer shadow damage summoning necromancer like those are my those are my focuses especially based off of my key passive so i switch over i go to sever i'm still running with corpse explosion sever is immediately amazing sever is basically i send out a let's just say a shadow form of myself and it's like a boomerang but it's just forward and back uh comes out attacks him hits him with a certain amount of damage and then on the way back hits him with another like basically set of damage which is like slightly reduced but it's um together combined is very impactful it has great distance on it and it's a, it's a lot faster than the, the blight attack so i'm really liking it but then i noticed that um one of my passives uh, or at least a couple of my passives they take advantage of enemies who were slowed <laughs> by shadow damage yeah and so i because of that i was just like oh yeah i took off that blight so i'm not slowing the enemies now so uh -huh. then uh i realized like you know what i'm i haven't really been using corpse explosion since i went to sever uh i'm gonna switch that up take off corpse explosion and now I'm, I'm using one of my curses so that's one of the uh there's an option to have uh curses as one of your abilities and the curse basically just it creates like a field and one of them is iron maiden the one i'm using and um I forgot the name of it, but it basically slows everybody within that uh 40 for 10 seconds oh, and then yeah i think it's i think it's decrepify um but uh yeah exactly uh so it slows them for the 10 seconds and um some other stuff happens oh like with the um you know with the the skill uh i guess 
passive or bonus that you get on top of that. It um the minions also the minions and myself also do additional damage. But the thing is now then I'm also now there's a synergy because now I'm slowing them. So my minions are now um getting that that passive bonus from the um you know whatever it is the passive what was that that last one called again? Whatever it is. The the, the passive affinity I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so they're now getting oh, the key that, passive. The key passive. There we go. So they're now getting that shadow bonus from the key passive. Um, and then on top of that, I switched up one of my it's the so the skeleton warriors. I'm, I've been going with the, the skeleton reapers. And one of their options between the two in the book of the dead is that uh if they attack a slow enemy, then it cuts the cooldown on their their big wind-up attack. And so now I'm hitting them with the curse, slowing them down. I'm getting the key passive damage bonus from the the shadow damage slowed enemies. On top of that, the Reapers are now cutting down the cooldown on those slow slowed enemies to then get off their uh, big attack. And so with all of that and the sever, I've just been fucking just melting <laughs> guys and i did it like uh i made that change pretty much i completed that full change on friday once i just you know it's like it's great once you recognize the identity of your character in mm-hmm. the moment and you're like oh okay well if i'm gonna do this then I, I don't need this anymore and i'm gonna put this here and i'll put more points there and right when i redid all that it just like you know i was already handling business but now it's just i'm just tearing shit up so all that power that- you're leaving on the table exactly and it, it was cool too just because i just recognized that i was kind of just leaning on the skills that i had started with earlier in the game and trying to get the most out of those as opposed to looking at this the the build that i that i was naturally falling into place with and then building around that and so once i got an idea of the build uh then it was just off and running and so yeah i've been enjoying that been pushing the campaign forward um and yeah, the other game, the other game I've been playing, Live Alive, finally started that up. Uh, just the thing that happened with that is, so I didn't want to play another game on top of Diablo, just because I wanted to keep that. I want to keep the main thing, the main thing, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But um, there was just always this time where I was just like, well, one, I can only play Diablo when you know Marissa has decided to go to bed or whatever. The kids are gone, yada yada. So there's there's a very little window of time when I can play it throughout the week. Whereas with the Switch, I can have that on hand, play it, you know, at nights, yada yada yada. Certain during certain times where like people are doing other stuff, but I don't really need to go and take a TV screen. I can just grab the Switch, make it portable, and hop on there put in a couple sessions of Alive Alive, um, about like 20, 30 minutes here and there. And then, yeah, so I started doing that and it's been absolutely phenomenal. Finally, happy to finally get to that. Um, yeah, it's very... Yeah, you had that for months. Yeah, I've had that for... I got that for last Christmas, Ada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got that. Uh, Marissa's parents got it for me for last Christmas. Great, great Christmas gift, by the way. And uh, yeah, I just been, had been sitting on it. And so, yeah, it was great to finally open that up because I want to get to Sea of Stars. I want to get to Oct- Octopath 2. And so this is the, the JRPG that's like, you know, the one that I had the success like the one that i was going to play first before i got to those and so yeah um it was great to finally jump into live alive um started out there's you can choose from things like six characters maybe i didn't count them but like six or eight characters very similar to octopath um and so i started out with this um like kung fu master is like an old man he's nearing the end of his life and he's realizing that he needs to you know pass on everything that he's learned that he learned his legacy to a disciple and so he he sets out to find a disciple um 
storytelling in this game is absolutely phenomenal uh voice acting great music it feels just like you know that it feels just like when i was playing octopath as far as like that that big production and everything that you can expect from these you know these modern 2d hd hits and um yeah i'm just loving the uh the action is very different too because it's like an active time battle but with uh I would say on top of that like tactical turn base but the thing is you're constantly you can constantly be moving and while you're moving your attack is charging up then when you get there then that's when you want to kind of like choose between your different attacks your different attacks have um have certain they can hit like further like further tiles so you can like play the distance game or you can move up and use um you know closer combat skills and, but the thing is, you're always you're always moving until you're ready to move your attack, use your attack, and then once you select it, then that's where it stops, and then you you it goes to the animation, and you see the the tiles and everything. So, you, if say you have one that doesn't arrow effect, you see the tiles of where it's going to affect, and then you hit all the enemies there. Or if like you're going to select the enemy that's a little off, you can you select the move, it stops all the all the gameplay, freezes everybody, and then if if the guy is like on the tile, then you select him and attack him. It's very different. And I'm like, because this game is like a port, I'm curious to see if that's how it originally was in original version. Cause if that's how it was, then it's crazy that no other game has done this style of, I guess, turn-based active turn-based combat. I have no idea that, how to describe it, but it's very, very unique, very awesome. And happy to finally jump into this game and give it its due. Uh, so yeah, I, I am already in recommendation mode for Live Alive, but a dub. The most, the most strict discipline with you backlog. I know. Yeah, I uh, yeah. I'm. I very. I have like a list, and I make sure that I hit that list. <laughs> and yeah, I don't. I don't play around with the backlog because I know how I can get. Like when I start starting games, and then jump into the next game, and then jump into the next game, and then next thing you know, you know, Midnight Suns hasn't been touched in months, and it's upsetting. So yeah, I, I, <laughs> that's that's where I'm at. So um, yeah, but Diablo, I want to give it its due because I've been waiting for Diablo all year. So that's that's still always going to be the priority. And then I'm I'm using Live Alive as my my handheld when I got some free time to to quickly jump in. You know, it was great too. Is you know I can always just put it to sleep, so I can always just pick up right where I left off if there's not like a save point in the game. Um, so yeah, it's it's phenomenal. The synergy is great between the two games and my life. Is at an all-time high though. But let's get into these topics of the week. Top topic of the week. Of the week. You know, A dub, you know, let's take a quick break. All right, we are back. A dub, you want to lead us off with the first topic of the week? Topic of the week. First topic is uh, kind of a series of topics because your boys over your boys and your ladies over at CDPR are having a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, Cyberpunk 2.0, out in the wild, got Phantom Liberty, out in the wild. Now, CD Projekt Red, you know, they're able to open up, talk a bit more about the project, share a bit more, a bit more of that inside baseball, letting people know how things have been doing. So first, I'll hit you with with some sales numbers. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 surpasses 25 million units sold outpacing the witcher 3 the greatest rpg of all time the greatest yeah. rpg of all time i don't know yeah. <laughs> kind of not not the greatest selling i don't know but yeah cyberpunk 
bouncing back, continuing to sell. For for all the errors and missteps that CD Projekt has made, they also made a lot of really good steps. Uh, the primary one being making a solid game. It's always been a solid game since day one. It had its issues. It definitely needed a lot of polishing and streamlining. And over time, it eventually got that. So people kept showing up. People kept hearing it. And it's like, you know, when when I'm playing other games, I'm having a good time. But it's just like the moment Cyberpunk loads up and you just see that beautifully detailed, grimy-ass city. And you just see these people walking the streets, doing their business, tweaking in the back alleys, uh, stealing cars, extorting people, police patrolling. It's, there's nothing else like it, man. You just, you're moving around, you're doing stuff, you're having fun. <laughs> it's, Cyberpunk is an outstanding experience. I'm glad people, I'm glad people have been giving it a chance. And for all the criticism, I'm glad folks showed up. AMC, does this up the priority of Cyberpunk on your backlog list? Uh, it definitely did. It made it more of a priority. Um, I still gotta, you know, I still gotta get to the big one next is Kakarot. I've been waiting to play that game, so I will be you playing still that. But it, I know, but uh, um, yeah. So it it upped it it upped the priority of where I'm gonna fit it in. But um, yeah, you know, it's from everything I hear, it's completely turned turned the game around for a lot of people. What I like about it is kind of like what you were saying is that people have 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 allowed that that hate from their heart to you know to wash away they're they're opening up their hearts again to cyberpunk and cd project red mm -hmm. and you know the game is undeniable at this point like even if you were mad at the launch and you got your refund at one point and you said you swore off cd project red they made this into an all-time game and now you have to really say like am i gonna let this anger that i had for the launch of the game keep me back from playing an all-time game and you know how it is people feel the need to play everything so they're gonna give it a yeah, shot everything. and then they're and they're all loving it there it's it's been all positive from what i hear when it comes to you know this is like what 2.0 so it's basically like cyberpunk 2 <laughs> yeah <laughs> cyberpunk 1 part 2 yeah um plus and, dlc yeah plus dlc and plus the result and so yeah it's uh one of those things that i'm glad because one they stuck to it. They didn't give up on the game as much as people. A lot of times people, when something is a failure, it's always a failure and they want the yeah. studio to give up on it and move on. And I like that. They were like, no, we, we promised a good product. We know we can get it to where we want it to be for the entire, you know, community as a whole, because, you know, it's from what I had heard, at least with the initial launch of cyberpunk, like the PC, if you had the right rig, like you were enjoying cyberpunk and it wasn't like this, base ps4 experience yeah. that that most of the which a lot of people were experiencing um and so yeah it like and they were saying it's a good game and so and i know you said like yeah there's there's something here it's just they gotta fix some things on the console side to get it to where it needs to be and what's cool is that they didn't just only fix it they ended up improving the game as a whole by adding a lot of other things and so it's really just like an evolution of cyberpunk and it's great because it's now just another another game that you can look to as an example when people are saying like, oh, this will never, 
they'll never be able to fix this. I'll never <laughs> forgive them. Like it's all those takes just become old, like, you know, temper tantrums because once they do get it right, then there's nothing people can do, but say they love cyberpunk or that game that got fixed. No man's sky. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah I'm, I'm happy that we're at the place that we're at. And it's great too, because it's, it's showing for the developer. You're seeing the cells, uh, start to increase again they're hitting milestones and yeah it's uh you know it's it's a thing that it's rewarding itself and it's a good cycle as far as like the developer and the consumer feeding off of each other yeah and, and helping to fuel the development of that cyberpunk 2 mm-hmm. which you know they're definitely going to need is as much funding as they can get as much like resources and infrastructure i know that they acquired some more studios they're making a they're got making five US, games. <laughs> got five Witcher games. Got got a new Witcher trilogy. Got the remaster or the remake of the original Witcher, and then you know they opened up. They're opening up a US studio, so I'm guessing they're trying to get them some some of that quality talent. Yeah. Not to say the rest of the world doesn't have quality talent, but you know they're they're broadening their reach beyond Poland. <laughs> so yeah, which is crazy too because I don't even know if like you pulled up stories, but. It's funny because it seems like so. Like I saw like a lot of articles about you know layoffs, which is very like just terrible. But like they would look at a certain developer and they'd be like, "Oh, they're laying off people." But then mm-hmm. I'd be like, like ten articles later, it's like ten different developers are all just mm-hmm. laying off people. So it is nice to see that like some are expanding as opposed to you know just consolidating and getting rid of. Um, to hear that story because it is it seems like it is pretty rough right now in in the world of developing for video games. Especially with how many people proclaimed cyberpunk is a flop, it's a failure. <laughs> All right, 25 million copies, company getting bigger, making yeah. more projects, moving over to, to Unreal Engine 5, which, oh my God, just thinking about Cyberpunk 2 and Unreal 5 is blowing my mind, man. Because they they made the cyberpunk we know now on their own proprietary engine that they decided, you know it's not really doing what we needed to do. (laughs) We need something better and more like standardized. Yeah. So like all all that nanite, (laughs) all all the other magical mumbo jumbo that's woven into unreal five. And especially by the time the game like cyberpunk two comes out, because by then developers would have had plenty of experience. I'm sure unreal five will be upgraded and optimized in different ways in order to better help developers get exactly what it is that they're looking for. And just, you know, and now CD project has an existing refined, polished cyberpunk with successful DLC on top of it. That's serving as a foundation of like, okay, now we know what this is and, now we can take the good parts, make them better. We can add new things. We can take the bad parts and polish them up or eliminate them entirely and just make a an overall better product. So yeah, that's definitely exciting. And this also comes along with other CD Projekt news. Once my page loads, it was announced that CD Projekt is developing a live action cyberpunk 2077 project and you know small world there it's a collaboration between them and anonymous content where your boy used to work for a little bit so (laughs) i was like of course now 
they get a project like that. It's like, who's on this? That A does go. See if I gotta see if I gotta call somebody. <laughs> call somebody. My God, I need to take a, a Polish vacation for a while. <laughs> see if I can get all set. But no, nah, man, it, it, I'm glad that you know quality companies are coming together to make quality content. So, you know, with Anonymous on this, I'm sure just with their stable of, of talent that they represent, and directors, and just all the like industry clout that they carry, like that, that part is going to be awesome. So, I'm looking forward to that. AMC, you haven't even watched Edge Warriors. No, it's I haven't. Like one, of the, one of the best, not only one of the best anime, but also one of the best, like, video game adaptations I've seen. When when do you plan on getting to it? Are you gonna wait until you're about to play the game and then you're gonna edge runner it? Yeah, I'm a, I'm an edge run into it. And then, <laughs> then you go then you go wait for the live action. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is great too because we lost uh was it Alter Carbon? So now we need we need that yeah. new cyberpunk show. Um chip, chipping in. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's good. And it seems to be it's great, man. There's, there's so much video game media shit going on right now between this Fallout, like Netflix, like unveiled like all these like anime, like uh, all these animation. Like was it Laura, uh, Tomb Raider and Devil May Cry? We got new that Castlevania. New, that new Castlevania is crazy. I can't Good. wait. It's uh, it's one of the most beautifully illustrated and like animated anime I've seen in a very long time. Did you watch the uh, the previous series? I did not enough to like connect the stories because okay. I wasn't. I was like one foot in, one foot out. I was like, "Oh, this looks awesome," but it's Castlevania. So it's, there's a lot of like learning and proper names. I have to get used to like Alec Odd and the Belmonts. <laughs> I was. If you give it a shot, it's absolutely phenomenal, and oh. it's. Uh, I mean, it's Alucard, so it's kind of like Symphony of the Night, but like you know, with their own their own twists and takes on it. But um, it's basically that. And it looks like this one is Rondo Blood based on um, the Belmont that they're going with for this one. So uh, it, it's great. Two two phenomenal storylines to follow as far as Castlevania goes. So yeah, just give me another reason because I still don't have Netflix and I need to get it back. Um, I, when my mom babysitted, she's been watching Emily in Paris every time she comes and babysits over here. And I completely forgot. And she gets here and she's like, all right, so you got Netflix set up? And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> we canceled <laughs> Netflix <laughs> since you last maybe said. So we'll get it back next time. I promise. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they got to make that. E- like, it has to just be a toggle. You just hold on. Let me go on my settings. Boom, it's on. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, with the, uh, I know with iPhone, I, I didn't get it through, like the subscription through uh, what Apple but um, I know with like Peacock and well, Paramount Plus, all the ones that I've gotten since then, yeah, you just go on, you do that double tap, <laughs> and you have a subscription again. So it's real, and then like it even reminds you like right before the subscription's about to renew, just so you like, oh, you know what? I haven't watched it in a while. Maybe I'll, I'll cancel this. So yeah, yes. I'll, I'll do that with Netflix next time. Make it easy. Um, yeah, and so yeah. Anyways, uh, all this, all this greatness. Cyber going back to Cyberpunk. They they got that live action. That is great. Nice to see that that uh, that that's um, continuing on. So that's that's two for them. Witcher, which is I guess based more on the books, but still we got Witcher the TV show, and now we got Cyberpunk the TV show. Oh man, it's gonna have so much style and flavor. I can't <laughs> wait. But the the hits keep coming in that in that CD project news. Is that 
it's just a great time for them. So they opened up a little bit more about, you know, the retrospective of the original cyberpunk and a prospective for the upcoming sequel, which is now in the conceptual development phase. So they opened up a little bit about third person not being in the original and possibly being in the sequel. So the quote goes as follows. There are no regrets on our part. What we wanted was for cyberpunk to have its own identity and to be noticeable as this different thing. These days, it's YouTube, Twitch, and screenshots that sell games. And this is the way one can use to show that identity and individuality to players. Uh, I wanted to say that the first-person perspective is the main characteristic for cyberpunk and its perception by the players, too. It's also noticeably different from The Witcher, and this helped us craft the product identity as such. Uh, insofar as Orion, which is the code name for Cyberpunk 2, we're yet to see. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, it looks like third person, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be greedy. I'm not going to be, you know, selfish and self-centered. I'd be perfectly fine if they just let me toggle to third person like in a Bethesda game, like in like in modern Rockstar games, you know, even give me like two camera depths. Maybe give me that waist high where it's like real tight on the back and you can only, you can see as far down to the waist and then give me one all the way zoomed out where I can see the not all the way zoomed out, but just enough to see the feet. So it's still kind of close, but I can see my full character and then have your first person. Just you know, give me my animations, make it look smooth. You know, it's. As much as I bemoan first person and by bemoan, I mean just simply avoid it wherever possible unless it's like a game that's doing something that's out of the ordinary, Cyberpunk 2077 being one of those games. It's like the with the way that they did the world and just all the characters and how they present the story, like first person was definitely the strongest choice for Cyberpunk 2077. It just it showcases that beautifully constructed city at all points in time. Now that they got the, the 60 frames tight, you know, they got the game tight with the, the 2.0 and now the 2.01 that ironed out all the crashing issues and everything. Your boy can finally play in uninterrupted sessions and get back to streaming. Like, they, it was a smart choice. However, just every time I get in the car, every time I get on a motorcycle, every time there's something where the camera pulls back and shows my character and her place in the world of Cyberpunk in Night City, I'm just like, why can't they give me dedicated third person? It would take this to maybe not a whole, maybe not a higher level. But for me personally, it will take it to a different level that I resonate with more. And then you get online. You see these discussions, of course, there are the, you know, oh, first person is the is the best way. You know, third person, <laughs> you guys are a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> and then third person, you're like, you know, nobody's trying to take nothing from you. You know, we just want a little bit of our thing. And, you know, it, it doesn't have to be that way. We can all come together. Like there, it's, it's similar to the discussion with, like, standard Y-axis controls and inverted. It's just some people have a different perspective and want to see things 
through a different lens. Personally, I'd like to see my character. I like to see their relationship to the world around them. I like to see that they have a relationship to at least the ground they walk on instead of sliding or having tank movement with the body going one way and legs going another way. Like, I like to see, I like to see my character blend in to that environment as a part of it rather than being like the spectacle or the focal point and everything just moves and reacts according to, to my presence and arrival. Uh, eh, no, never. But AMC, I don't know your personal feelings about first person or third person when pitted against each other in a no holds barred slugfest. <laughs> However, I would like to know that were Cyberpunk 2077 in third person, would that have hastened your decision to play it? Uh, no, not really. Um, uh, right here, the I'm game gonna get you one of these days. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, I totally like I. From what I hear, it was great in first person, and I'm not like I prefer third person, but it's not like a big like you know, a big thing that keeps me from playing a game. I think it was. Wait, what is is that that when I started playing Doom and I just changed my idea of first person again, where I was like, oh, you know what. First person is pretty awesome. So I was like mm. all, all up in in Doom and everything that it had to offer when it came to that. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely not have an issue, but I do like the idea of giving people options as opposed to, you know, like screw you. This is all you get. It's everybody, everybody is. enjoys this and you should take it and like it. <laughs> uh, any other anything else for Cyberpunk A Doe? Well, now we get to a little bit of that. The gritty news of cyberpunk. Yeah. Or maybe it's not gritty. I didn't really read all the details. So we'll discover together. So CD Projekt Red CEO Adam Kaczynski entering supervisory position in 2025. Uh, specifically, according to Brian Dinsdale over at IGN, CD Projekt Red CEO Adam Kaczynski has announced he will be moving to a supervisory role at the company in 2025 and will therefore be stepping down as CEO as part of a larger management shakeup. You don't see everybody all over the internet. Oh, he got pushed out. <laughs> him, him and Jim Ryan buying an island in the Caymans. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but more on that later <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get to that <laughs> yeah. but yeah you know in a, in a season where you know we had what a five month actors and writers strike that hopefully finally came to an end where we're seeing layoffs across the gaming industry where we're seeing high level personnel stepping up and stepping down I just heard like some crazy shit also <laughs> well yeah with like high level personnel moving in, like time is passing it, it's time torches are being passed some flames being extinguished don't mean to make a joke about that but yeah man it's this is this is just the way things go every year it's somebody or someplace different amc is this change in leadership over at CD Projekt Red going to influence your decision to play <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Didn't even know who this dude was before. And yeah. it, it will be the same way. As far as I know, is like CD Projekt Red is an entity. It is not one person. And people always act like, like there are some situations where the person is the company, but then there's a point where the company is just like, you know, it just keeps moving on. People come and go, but the thing keeps on being the thing. Uh, and so, yeah, this this changes nothing for me. 
Maybe it's nothing for me either. Just hoping yeah. Cyberpunk 2 is as good as I'm imagining it because if it is, I'll be a very happy boy. But AMC, what you got for our next topic of the week? Top, topic, topic of, of the, the week. week. Well, if we're on the topic updates, we got we got a game that got an update recently. Yes. You know, there's two games that got updates. One is I'll let you choose. Are we gonna go with the one that's a little console worry, or are we gonna go with the one that is uh, you know, putting putting sugar on shit? <laughs> Sugar on shit, please. You want sugar on shit? <laughs> yeah, because I think I know what this is. And I want to talk yeah, about yeah. it. <laughs> we got an update to Red Fall, eh, There we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> this by the way of IGN. So this is an even funnier story because oh, so initially cool. IGN, this is all in the same day. IGN first released an article. Oh, yeah. Redfall, 60 frames per second patch, still MIA amid dwindling player count. And then like an hour or two later, IGN releases an article. Redfall is the latest update finally adds 60 frames per second mode on consoles. So they literally put up an article on the same day, like basically bashing the game. So really, the article that they wanted to write was the dwindling player count, but they used the 60 frames per second as like, you know, as a reason yeah. for the dwindling player count. And then as the as the initial blow that opens up the defense so they could slip that yeah. little and dagger then, in. And then Arcane was like, nah nah. We're, we're releasing that for 60 frames per second patch right now. Oh, you mean this patch? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. So in a blog post, this is on IGN. In a blog post, publisher Bethesda Softworks revealed all the new additions and changes introduced in Redfall's second game up in Reckon, Red, Redfall's second Reckon game update. Reckonfall. Uh, the most notable addition includes a performance mode on consoles, allowing both Xbox Series X and S owners to play the game at a higher frame rate. Redfall's second major update also introduces improved performance and stability across a wide range of hardware configurations on PC along with addressing several issues to graphical corruption that would occur after players with an AMD GPU, not the proprietary GPU, if I may add, would change the game's resolution in the settings. So okay. they changed the resolution on the GPU. It, I guess, ended up fucking up the game. Yeah. So <laughs> basically a lot of stability improvements. There's all this all this other stuff when I actually read the patch. Um, yeah, so the notes the are pretty robust. I'm looking at them now. <laughs> Yeah, it's like they obviously chose to focus on the uh, the frames per second because that was a big thing when the game was launched. Mm -hmm. So I guess, you know, I did lead it off by saying putting sugar on shit. But I guess what I'll, what I'll throw to you, A-Dub, is what do you think about the continued support of Redfall? Well, <laughs> it, it was both necessary and a, a valiant effort. Because they they delivered on things that they needed to deliver on. I was watching some some videos of the post patch game, and I'm just like, okay, this shit. I might I might be persuaded. <laughs> <laughs> it's starting to look like what it was what it was marketed as, or what it, what it was supposed to look like for you know for better or worse. And you know, above all else, the frame rate sixty and is solid. So they've knocked that major bullet point off of the the criticism checklist and it's good you know i'm hearing good things from people online of course there are 
a bit more, <laughs> I want to say, eccentric remarks. Like, oh, they, they fixed it. Game of the year contender. And it's like, okay, let's just simmer down and let this patch marinate for a little bit before we start proclaiming who's taking what. Like, I doubt Redfall is going to shoot from <laughs> a completely forgotten game. <laughs> like, And not to use that term lightly or flippantly, but like, people straight up don't even talk about it until this yeah. patch came out. So well, it's, know, also, it's, like, it's, it's nice not, to. Hmm? So isn't that like a Jedi Survivor situation where it's like a good game just got patched to be an amazing game? Yeah, <laughs> a good game mar a great game marred by performance issues, yeah. as opposed to a game that like <laughs> like they they pulled it out the oven like fifteen <laughs> minutes too early. It was like yeah, it's ready. It's like no, nah, it's still raw in the middle, dude. <laughs> put that shit back in so yeah they put it in the oven let it bake for a little while longer it's a robust list of changes again i was watching videos and i'm just like like there's there's enemy density and well, not so much density but they're they're not just standing there or behaving foolishly it's like you can stealth and do all that or the enemies can come at you and you're actually fighting the enemies they're actually fighting back so some of the criticisms that I heard of the game when it came out seem to have been alleviated with this patch. And, you know, it's it sucks for Arcane to have gone through that situation so like so severely, but it's nice that they're climbing out of it. Yeah, and I would so say what's like what's a a good thing about those leaks as much as X uh, Microsoft and you know was pissed off that those leaks got out there from that, that the FTC that the FTC leaked out. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, now, uh, what's good about that is you know people are you know people have been you know upset one with the launch of Redfall. Then there's been a lot of debate about should you continue to support Redfall to try to you know get it to a, a better place or because every time you basically announce that there's an update to Redfall, you remind people that Redfall exists. Yeah. Like, that's a that's a black guy. We don't we don't want to acknowledge that family member. <laughs> so Reminding people of that day one. Yeah. But then uh yeah, like the good thing though is that with that leak, we learned that Bethesda is working on a Dishonored 3. And the the thing with Redfall was everybody's like, this should have been Dishonored. And so knowing that, at least assuming that those leaks still are accurate as far as their what they have planned. Knowing that Dishonored is being worked on in the background, I think, allows people to kind of say, okay, you can still work on Redfall as long as Dishonored is eventually coming. Um, so that I would say that that is one thing, at least from a standpoint, just mentally, um, that people can then, you know, be a little more okay with Redfall having its continued support. But that's all I got for this. Hey, Deb, do you want to take on the next topic of the week? Top topic of the week. You know, I was just looking around the web, checking out stories, found an interesting one for an oldie but a goodie that I haven't indulged in in quite some time. Overwatch 2 is teasing a Diablo 4 crossover for season 7 what? and a badass Mortaris skin. Damn. Yeah, they, they, they heard you stop playing it, see? <laughs> they tried to get you back. Uh, now that spooky season has officially started, we're beginning to see a lot of Halloween-themed events in games. To that end, Overwatch 2 has just announced that its Season 7, Rise of Darkness, will start on October 10th. Oh, that is not enough time to finish that battle pass. 
Uh, and it features, among other things, a badass Lilith skin. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Season seven, I know by this time, they should probably be introducing a new hero. If I'm not mistaken, I believe the new tank hero should be coming out the mix. And A-Dub is all about that. So it's looking like on Tuesday, maybe, maybe you might see A-Dub back online getting with these single. I don't know. It might have to happen. AMC, are we going to see popping up trying to get that that more Lilith skin? Yeah, I might have to check that out because I definitely want to see what's going on. I'm knee-deep in Diablo, so for me, I'm in a place where I'm like, give me more. Give me all of the Diablo. And um, yeah, I like this uh, this synergy between the two games, and I'll definitely check it out to see what's going on. That's, that's awesome that they did this. Yeah, it's coming October 10th, so get yourselves ready. We're going to have a get a new control map, get some more. Oh, I'm going to get your Moco Loco and, <laughs> and oh, I still... <laughs> um, just throwing it out there. Okay. Uh, next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. Did you did you pull the Jim Ryan story? Yeah, I got the Jim Ryan. Story. Okay, cool. I'll, <laughs> I'll do the other the other update. This is the uh, the little more console worry. A little, little fun, a little fun here, Adele. We got an update to that Red Dead Redemption port that came out. The overpriced, yes. the overpriced, greedy, scummy Red Dead Redemption port. That everybody bought anyway. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Red Dead Redemption's re-release on PlayStation 5, only A-Dub has added a new frame rate option. Why? PlayStation 5 (laughs) players who are playing the PS4 version through backwards compatibility can now play the Western at 60 frames per second. Is this this a... one of many parting gifts from your boy Jim Ryan. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, on his way out. Like, Let me money have some shit before I get <laughs> pad, pad my points. Uh, and <laughs> pad my stats out. <laughs> <laughs> and this applies to both the main game and the Undead Nightmare expansion. IGN also added the 60 frames per second option has not been added to the Xbox or Switch version of Red Dead Redemption. 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 Yeah, so real quick here, you know, Switch is what it is, you know, old console, inferior console. So, you know, maybe maybe we'll never see that 60 frames per second. There's a lot of people talking on the Xbox side when you know when so they, many people when they when they announced this re-release on the PS4 and Switch. And they're like, oh, y'all are paying full price for this for the same game. Yeah. Get it on Xbox with that with that backwards compatibility program. Pay pay 14 bucks and you can play the game just the same, not have to pay full price. Now we're seeing that the Xbox version is gonna be playing with 30 frames per second Mm. in the foreseeable future. (laughs) I need to pony up if you want to get that smooth, silky. Arthur Morgan going on. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely going to have to pony it up. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love I love things like this. Like first it was Baldur's Gate. <laughs> now uh, Sony Red Dead <laughs> PS5 exclusive. The better de- the better Red Dead game. Yep. <laughs> a standalone. Yeah. <laughs> With the DLC, oh. uh, what do you what do you, uh, so what do you what do you think about this, Adam? Real quick, <laughs> honestly, on. I don't know what to think. Like, it makes sense because this is a new version of the game designed for 
you know, last gen and current gen hardware. I don't see why the Xbox version doesn't have some kind of frame rate boost on it. I've heard people talk about that in the past. Mm -hmm. I was wondering why it doesn't seem to be bridging the gap here. I also think it's hilarious because of all this victory lapping and (laughs) (laughs) and showboating and grandstanding that the Microsoft crowd has been doing. And then the moment Sony gets one little thing, hey, why can't we get that? They just want everything. <laughs> That's all it is. They just want everything. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter what it's for. Oh, they got it. We want it too. Uh, by by Rockstar. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, at least one version of the game has it. So. That's a plus. Maybe another version of the game will get it somewhere down the line. Hey, maybe not. Whatever the case, this is <laughs> this is good for gamers as a whole. <laughs> so, you know, just just take the blessing. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, exactly. And it's you know, at least for two K, it's like if you want us to continue to support these games, it's going to cost some money because that's money it costs for us to go back and, you know, update them in this way. So you're going to have to pay up if you want that. <laughs> if you want that 60 frames. Yeah, instead of playing your 13-year-old copy of the game. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, at least like you could even say like, well, it sucks that you don't have the 60 frames on the Switch, but you also have that portability with the Switch. So maybe that's the trade-off. But on Xbox, you imagine playing okay. Red Dead on a handheld, just on on the car drive, going uh, to the going to the Grand Canyon with your family, <laughs> chewing a chewing a straw shaft. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great! Got your dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, let's take a quick break, and then we'll get into the next topic, topic of, the, of week. the week. And we are back. A Dub, yes, you want to yes, lead y'all. us with the, the next, next topic, topic of the week? Of the week? Topic of the week. Yes, we get we get to the the meaty issue. <laughs> <laughs> this this is the big one that, that dominated the zeitgeist for a few days. It just surprisingly has been quiet mm-hmm. ever since. <laughs> but yeah, I guess everybody got it out of their systems. And, mm-hmm. They made yeah, all the jokes. <laughs> yeah, made all the jokes. Now it's time to find the next game to hate. But <laughs> IGN's Alex Stedman reports PlayStation boss Jim Ryan to retire. Tired, yes. tired. <laughs> Jim retired. <laughs> Lame dumb Jim. Oh, yeah. So. Let me see if there is a statement. Well, I'll just give you the particulars. So Jim Ryan, he's retiring. He's going to be officially out on March 2024. So that's right around the beginning slash end of Sony's fiscal year. Uh, Hiroki Totoki will assume the interim CEO role starting on April 1st. Uh, Sony Group Corporation President, COO, and CFO will also become chairman of SIE starting next month to support Mr. Ryan in his transition, says Sony. Uh, Additionally, (laughs) Totoki will work closely with Sony Group Corporation Chairman and CEO Kenichiro Yoshida to navigate PlayStation's future, including the succession of the SIE CEO role. So, yes. uh, In a statement, Ryan cited the difficulty of living in Europe while working in North America as a reason for the decision. 
as you guys may know, Jim Ryan, he has been the CEO of PlayStation for about four years now. He began in 2019. And yeah, that's that's about that. Uh, he's, he, <laughs> he's been with the corporation for like many decades, 30 years or more. And I guess this it's just time. Like the man says, like travel's a big deal. You're working in Europe, you're your headquarters is based in Los Angeles. You gotta talk to people in Japan. It's a lot. <laughs> and get a little cumbersome. It's a lot, eh, dude. It's a lot. AMC, how do you feel <laughs> about the godfather, the Sony brand? <laughs> uh, how do you feel about about this sudden <laughs> <laughs> and startling news. Oh man, I mean, you think that how how fast do you think it took them to fire him? Like, do you think it was do you think when he when he single-handedly decided to raise the price of PSN? Is that is that what they fired? They are Buster is the last straw in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, per- personally, I, I don't subscribe to the belief that he was fired or forced out because <laughs> when when someone is asked to leave a company you usually don't give them six months of continuing to leave the company <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah exactly he's still gonna he's still gonna be in a seat until until march of next year so what this says to me is that it's more than likely closer to his stated reasoning and again the guy's been with the company for 30 years it's that's a long ass time and that's a lifetime <laughs> yeah i mean i've been with a, i've been with one company for like 11 years <laughs> even at that like i would have kept going it's just things changed within the company i was like you know that things just ain't going away going away i like them to go so <laughs> let's get up out of there and find the next chapter of my life which i i wish your boy jim well in doing for himself yeah exactly um yeah you know I, yeah I, I completely agree i don't think it was a thing where he was forced out um it wouldn't make any sense because this is the most successful like, mm-hmm. like Sony has been. Uh, most CEOs, unless like they're completely forced out, like they just like shit the bed, and then you know the the board is like, get him out of here. <laughs> like you you take their stock, get him out of here, yada yada. But for the most part, the CEOs leave on top. You saw it, Reggie. It wasn't like he yeah. left in the, in the Wii U era. He left yeah. when the Switch was at its peak, um, when it was off and running. Um, and yeah, it's a lot of CEOs. They typically leave when things are in a good place because that's the best time to transition out. And from Sony's perspective, yeah, they're in, they're completely dominating the market when it comes to console sales. Um, and then, yeah, they're, it's in a place where they got Spider-Man about to release. You know what that's going to do. Mm-hmm. And we got eventually, uh, we got Wolverine coming down the line that's going to do its thing so yeah there's nothing really to worry about from that perspective and it's a good time for somebody else to take over and you know and to put their their vision on the company and clearly there a lot of the uh other critiques that i was hearing was like how did they not have somebody already ready to go which is a clear sign that like that they want to take their time an announcement (laughs) yeah it's like it's like it's a clear sign that they want to take their time and kind of like really think about like what like who they want to replace somebody as monumental as Jim Ryan. <laughs> they don't want to just throw in another dude. And so and yeah, like they, that that alone supports the reality that it was his call because again, six months, that's the time you take to make that transition to find that person to vet 
to vet who's out there in order to lead the company. And yeah, why didn't they have somebody ready? They didn't fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) Jim showed up like, you know, he clearly he just made that. (laughs) He walked in, was like, hey, this is what's happening. I hang out for six months. And now they're looking for the replacement. And like, I, I, it, the more you peel back the layers and like really consider the factors, it's always been kind of a like I, I don't know the exact word for it, kind of like a backhanded kind of criticism with Jim because think about it, the guy gets blamed for everything bad that, or at least everything the community doesn't like about what Sony has done over the past four years since the day he he came in power. However, everything good that happens for the brand, it's like, oh, that stuff that was already set in motion before, he took, before he took control. He's just it's inertia. Yeah. He's on the inertia. It was going to sell that way anyway. It's like, <laughs> dude, not only is the not only is the PS5 like outselling all previous consoles in the PlayStation family, so, you know, just to be specific, but... He did that in the most dire time in in modern history. Mm. <laughs> he also did that, you know, pandemic, can't go anywhere, can't shop, and chip shortage simultaneously. Yeah, that dude was best-selling, like, best-selling console. <laughs> yeah, he was probably flying out to like to the actual manufacturing places and like, let me see the chips. I know you guys are yeah, like, he, I'm sure there are pictures of him on the production line, like hand making <laughs> chips, every one of them. Perfect. Yeah. So I, I could, I can't imagine what he was put through during that time to get that console launch, like out smoothly and, you know, ahead of Xbox. And so, uh, yeah, it's, I imagine these past couple of years were very taxing and, just on top of everything that he's committed to the company, yeah, it makes total sense. My man bought Housemark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Bought it. Oh, Insomniac was a was the the purchase was like right around the beginning of his time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, all right. So now looking ahead, moving forward. Um, See, so, you know, we've gotten a kind of an idea of the gaming CEO. Like, first of all, like, what did you? personally think of jim ryan like did you have like do you have any opinions on the dude as far as like his i guess um his interaction with the community or lack thereof um what, what did you think of his his reign as a ceo as far as being i guess the face of the company i think he had to make a lot of tough decisions and that also came alongside him making some pretty questionable comments along the way we believe in generations we believe in generations (laughs) there's a couple ways to interpret that everybody chose the one that (laughs) was the worst interpretation (laughs) and then you know raising the price 10 bucks uh, the the upgrade the 10 dollar upgrades and you know remakes and remasters as as people like to attribute to the sony brand and at the same token television show multiple movies successful expanding the brand beyond the gaming industry again like i said bought housemark bought several other studios not all like people try to say oh he's shifting the focus to live service when you looked at those budget projections 
the money for life service was in addition to the same amount of money that's been directed toward single player first party titles period after period so he expanded games development and the games budget to go along with the expanded staples of developers it, you know it, it was just a bad time the successfully launched psvr2 was outperforming the original psvr as well oh, sent it out to die confirm our flop <laughs> <laughs> and you know speaking of we actually have a few of those folks they they chime <laughs> in they got things to say about jim ryan announcing his turn to ride off into the sunset. We got Troll of the Week. Troll of the Week. Troll of the Week. Troll of the Week. Week, 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 week. First Troll says, the best news for PlayStation all year. <laughs> Next Troll says, Bobby Kotick should go for it. He'll be looking for a job soon. Yeah. <laughs> Because you know they're activate, they're gonna fire Phil Smith is gonna fire Bobby Cox. <laughs> <laughs> first, first move. <laughs> Love just every everything is littered with so much fan fiction. It just people like it, it's one thing to show your hand mm -hmm. in a situation, but it's another thing to show your true colors. And it's just for me personally, it, it's very disappointing that people think along these lines. So, uh, he's going to get fired. Uh, he's terrible. And don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to make light of nor dismiss any wrongdoing that Bobby may have had, nor any kind of potentially negative influences he's had over the industry. But at the same token, dude's just doing his job. He's been doing it at least somewhat well. He hasn't been fired. <laughs> he only gets more money. He only gets more power. It, He's been driving Activision to this point where they could be bought out for $70 billion. So, you know, the guy's got to have something going for himself if he's still where he's at and he's still doing great. Next Troll says, I'm honestly happy to see him go. He shit all over the PlayStation player base with some, if not most, of the decisions he made. Yeah. All over. All his, all his decisions were intended to shit on the player base. <laughs> So this one's a little verbose, so bear with me. Uh, the CEO of the One Trick Pony Generation yeah. <laughs> release a remake of a remaster, charge ten dollars extra console features, and fanboys eat it up. Yeah. <laughs> he was brilliant, in my opinion. Got a couple extra hundred million in revenue from dumb fanboy sheep that'll pay anything for literally nothing. Uh. <laughs> literally nothing. Got a couple extra. <laughs> Next troll says the clown is leaving the circus. Uh. And the last troll says Phil's going to start wondering if they'll sell PlayStation to him. Yeah, uh, let's go at their party. Yeah, uh, go at their party. Uh, no Spencer uh, buying it all. Jesus. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, like I said, man, Brian had Brian had a rough four years. Like <laughs> he came into power at the worst possible time to be in charge of anything. Yeah. <laughs> it still made it work. So, you know, I don't agree with all of his decisions. I don't agree with all of his viewpoints. But on the whole, he made the brand more successful than it's ever been. He's broadened it to other mediums in a high-quality level. And, you know, the hits just keep coming. Everybody's worried about, oh, 
what do they what do they have after Spider-Man? All they got is Wolverine. It's like, dude, it's let us get to the end of the chapter before we start looking ahead to what's coming further in the book. Like it, it, these periods always occur in PlayStation cycles. It's like there's a long list of things that they have, and then they get through it. And then it just seems like we're in limbo for a while. And then suddenly it's like, oh, they announced this. That looks pretty cool. Oh, they announced that. That looks pretty cool. Oh, what? What's that? Oh, is that Naughty Dog? No IP? Like, it's, <laughs> and then it just, it just steamrolls from there. It's like, you gotta, you gotta take the ups with the downs. It's, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's, mm-hmm. it's a story, not a sentence. Mm-hmm. If I could put it in linguistic terms, but, AMC, what, what do you got to say to these trolls about, about all this sideways tape toward a guy who's just trying to chill? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he number, wants to be with his family, stay in Europe. Yeah, the numbers are the numbers, exactly. And then it's a completely understandable thing because people, as much as people only focus on AI, I'm not going to like go far out of my way, swerve far out of my way to you know be like, to vic to you know to make ceos the victims uh but also at the same time it's like yeah they they work a lot harder than people give them credit for because all they see is how much they make um and so yeah and the things the things they do (laughs) while disregarding like the stresses involved with those things like yeah he flies around the world a lot that's that can take a toll on you, especially when you got to be up at all different kind of hours, changing time zones, the the threat of, of DBT blood clots and pressurized cabins yeah, yeah, over long yeah. periods of times. Exactly. You know, it's, it's not all champagne and, and titties. <laughs> <laughs> um, but moving forward, looking ahead, do you have do you do you, not as far as like a specific person, but do you have any preference as far as? what type of CEOs they put for, like as far as um, somebody who's a little more out there, um, like front and center when it comes to like the state of plays, you see them more at these things, you know, like how we see, you know, God Howard or whoever, when it comes to like their events, um, even like Phil, you know, Reggie, when he was, when he was running Nintendo, do you, would you want to see somebody as a more front and center? Or do you kind of like the Sony that is not one person, like it is an entity. And so, they're a little more mystique because of that with the with the company. I, I'd prefer that they keep it just strictly business. Mm-hmm. And but just in the sense of their presence and their presentation, whereas in regards to the leadership and who will be filling those shoes, I would very much prefer if they get someone who is like a gamer or a developer to feel to fill those shoes, like maybe have God Howard <laughs> come on over. To the Sony team, that would be weird. It wouldn't happen. But you know, yeah, like get, Neil uh, Druckmann, Herman Holst, maybe yeah. just bring him all the way up and have Corey Barlog fill his spot and just get another developer, Sony Santa Monica, and you know, I don't know. I can't pretend to know too much about the inner workings of these companies or the people in these seats. However, it's you know there are certain figureheads and people that are all around the industry and they're. I man, it, I think it would be a very big missed opportunity if they just made the safe money play on that. If they really went for something that was more fitting of 
the industry that this person is going to be leading that brand through, I think that would be more beneficial in the long term for everybody because we get hardware that's better oriented toward like the needs and the preferences of the people that will be using it for thousands of hours over the course of years. And you'll also get stuff that's catered more toward what developers need in order for them to be able to do what it is that they do. I mean, once, once Sony and Microsoft started doing that with consoles made from off the shelf parts and, you know, general power levels and architectures that are just easier to access and utilize, we started to see just a resurgence of more of the greatest hands of all time. So, you know, just someone who sees that, like, like someone like a Mark Cerny, but with more business acumen, I would say. Not, not to say that the guy doesn't know how to run a business, but just to say, you know, more of a suit, but still with the geek inside. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree, and that's kind of like where I where I am with it. Um, I feel like if anything with Sony, as far as like um, PlayStation, the brand, um, I want somebody who can do a good job of keeping people, keeping you know the community's eyes on the prize. Because I feel like at times, like you know, with the the live service initiative and blah blah. blah the, the information comes out, but like you need to kind of also remind people what they have to be excited for, as opposed to they're excited because they're part of the Sony brand. Like, um, I think there's a way to, because there is a lot of, you know, just criticism with the current state of Sony, even though it is completely, you know, just killing the game right now and is about to put out a blockbuster hit. Um, and so I think it's, I think it's just a matter of if there's a way to, you know, even when the time seems slow, somebody to remind people like this is what we're doing, but know that we also got this coming and we've done this. And so you can kind of trust like the path that we're on. I think that's going to be the biggest thing as far as the next person being or whoever the, 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 the group of people that they're going to be there that are communicating what needs to be relayed to the, the community. There's somebody who has a better way of, you know, keeping everybody in line <laughs> is the best way I can put it because there is like, I feel like as much as there is like a console war Xbox thing, there are a lot of people on the Sony side within our community who are constantly bashing the product while also, you know, talking about it, playing it, consuming it. They're all, they're still complaining about like what's going on. The characters mm-hmm. that they're pushing forward when it comes to like Aloy or whoever else. Um, and so, yeah, I just think, there just needs to be somebody who's a little more enthusiastic about the product to then act as kind of like that, you know, that, that example um, for everybody to rally behind. And so, yeah, that, that would be my hope. Uh, I don't want like a charlatan who's going to make a lot of promises. Like that's the problem. Like with Reggie, Reggie, you, always you don't want like, Peter Molyneux. <laughs> <laughs> but even like like uh i was gonna say like uh, no offense for you. yeah as much as i like like i liked reggie reggie was like great reggie like, was awesome i feel like he's like kind of the standard and i would say i like i do like phil but phil can kind of veer into politician mode every now and then when it comes phil to looks like, stoned all the time yeah like phil phil can get into like the very like like i, I got these promises and so he feels like a, a politician at times but at least you know that he he is you can you can sense that he is a gamer at heart and so at least when he communicates to his community he knows like he knows 
that they're going to be let down <laughs> with certain information and how to, you know, convey that information to them and how to always remind them at least when the times are bad, we got Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, as I said, somebody, <laughs> and so I said, like somebody who can keep the eye on the prize when, when during the dark times, during the slow times, I think that's very important for Sony right now. And so that would be the one thing I would say. And I, I wouldn't mind also if they got like a Japanese dude, like <laughs> to, to, I know like they want to have like a Western face for PlayStation, but it would be nice to see them kind of go back to like, you know, like an older form of Sony, uh, just to also remind people like what they, you know, of their roots. And so I wouldn't mind to see that as well. But, you know, I'm not going to have any type of expectation for who they bring Um because you know the gate, the console is still killing it. There's still a ton of great third-party games as well as great first-party games. So I'm not too overly critical of the current state of Sony. Give me Shuhei Yoshida. Shift the focus to yes. to small budget development. Yes. Boom. You just you just <laughs> reset your whole business model. <laughs> you can bring <laughs> lower cost products to the market faster, more often. Mm-hmm. You you got somebody with an incredible eye for for content and talent. And I'm starting to I'm starting to move away from using the term content. I've, I've come to see that that can be a little a little diminishing of what these developers are putting together. Because, yeah, because everything is nowadays everything is content. Yeah, including <laughs> including like somebody letting their dog swim for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> so it, yeah, I don't want to put everything on that equal level so you know somebody's got an excellent eye for like creativity and just polish and vision so mm-hmm. you know it's like she would be the, the best bet i really hope that they at least get this decision mostly right because <laughs> yeah. it, it's always gonna be like oh, i don't know but we'll see who knows i mean there's no perfect choice and we'll just have to see what happens the big thing to worry about here is that regardless of who's going to be in charge, these are still pretty, pretty intense times for the gaming industry. You know, prices of development being extremely high with the cost of games going up with developers like Capcom thinking games should cost more. Personally, yeah. I can, I can sympathize with that. Well, it's Honestly, like- I think, I think games should just, there shouldn't be a standard price. Like developers should just price their games as, as they see fit. Yeah, or well, like uh that's like one of the things because one of the criticisms I heard is like, well, like maybe they'll with the next person they'll get away from this live service initiative because you know there's it's a it's it's a lot of money and you're taking a chance on this live service thing following a trend. And I think people are ignoring the fact that the reason why it is a trend is because they need a cash cow. <laughs> and so the the that's why every publisher is trying to put out like trying to get out one good live service game so that they can then fund all those other great single player experiences that people want because like the thing that's overlooked like that when they people talk about you know the the oversaturation of live service is that there's just an oversaturation in general when it comes to even single player games like you look at a game like Immortals of Avium Single player mm-hmm. game didn't have any live service elements to hold it back, and there's just too much out. Nobody talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't like it was like a terrible game either. It was just nobody. Yeah, it's just, nobody. Yeah, and so people always talk about this. <laughs> That's whole, weird, dude. <laughs> yeah, single player game by all accounts, good game. 
Um, and so, yeah, people always talk about this oversaturation with live service, yada, yada. And that's why you can just focus on putting out single player games. But the thing is, like, they are putting out single player games and we're seeing studios get shuttered anyways <laughs> after putting out a single player game. Yeah, so it's not like, like people get mad at the live service, but it's like they're only doing this because you're not buying anything. <laughs> and yeah. when you are buying something, you aren't paying full price for it. Yeah. And so like that, we get these live service games, we get these mobile games and people like question, like, why are they doing that? And it's like, because they need these cash cows out there to then fund the shit that you want, <laughs> which is a, a single player experience. Still it's, trying to make the stuff you want. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Even though you don't want to buy it. Yeah. And so they have to figure out other ways to fund it. And so, yeah, it's uh like whenever people like question it, it's like, there's clearly a reason why, and it's because they need to generate more money. And so because of that, they need these live service games. So rather than poo-pooing them, you should hope that they get a good one out because once they get the good one out, then they can get back to what you want, which is more single player mm -hmm. experiences. And the thing is they are still putting out those single player experiences. It's just that they also are at the same time co-developing these multiplayer live service experiences. So yeah, it's a, it's a thing that people want to go away, but it is a reality of the situation because the cost of games, it just keeps going up. And so, yeah, they, they're trying to figure out these new avenues to generate more revenue. You want live service to go away, start <laughs> buying more games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Quit complaining and start buying more games. Yeah. <laughs> Share your criticisms all you want. Keep all that trolling to yourself. And just be constructive. Be helpful. Like you want if you want the industry to grow in a certain way, that's also going to take you behaving in a way that complements or creates an environment for that industry you want. Like if you're just gonna be an entitled, grouchy, whining complainer all day, like they're not going to want to deal with you anymore. Live service here, just whatever. Want a new skin? Five bucks. Want a new? <laughs> want a new dance? Five bucks. Want a battle pass? Ten bucks. Yeah, want to get through the battle pass faster? <laughs> Another ten bucks. Oh, you want a car? Ten bucks. <laughs> you want a clown nose? Ten bucks. <laughs> Everything. Ten bucks. Oh, we 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 upgraded the system. Got a new season. Got some changes. <laughs> Same game you love, just a little different. So it feels <laughs> a little fresh. Ten bucks. Director's cut, ten bucks. <laughs> ten bucks. Pay up. <laughs> no cheats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah, they're gonna try to figure out ways to make money. You're gonna complain about it, but it's it's a it's an unfortunate reality of the situation. And so yeah, and you don't want to see like all this consolidation and layoffs, but they're they're trying to make this business work. And one, they got to figure out how to get costs down while also getting money from the consumer. And so yeah, they're it's just it's it's a it's a thing. And the industry's it's it's also just a reality of these economic times too, which is that it's a tough time for businesses <laughs> because of like. I don't know if we're in a recession, but it is the, the, you know, the rates are high. And so because of that, they're not able to borrow like how they used to, and mm -hmm. it's making funds tighter for businesses. And so, yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate, but they're all trying to navigate this landscape and the consumers, they have their expectations, but they don't understand the reality of like the situation when it comes to businesses and getting games developed. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Do you have any quick hits, A-Dub? All right. First one, 
Adidas is releasing a Spider-Man 2 advanced suit and symbiote inspired shoe. Actually looks kind of fresh. The Adidas Ultra 4D Advanced. That's nice. It's mostly red. Of course, it's got white on the on the stripes. It's got little little blue hits around the toe. And they got that black sole with the, the black symbiote creeping up the colored sides. Yes. So they, they definitely got the design aesthetic correctly. I mean, whoever made these needs to go and help Sony out with the with the face plates and the controller colors because like I said, some other time, they're slacking on their time frame bringing those to market, and they're not making good choices. So you're not, you're not feeling those shit. earth tones. <laughs> I, I ain't seen no earth that color. Erogenous <laughs> tones. Yeah. Erogenous tones. The more ticklish, the more you have. <laughs> What's happening? I keep my dreadlocks in a napkin ring wrapped in string. <laughs> Uh, that, dude? No, I right. don't even know. <laughs> it just goes on time. Reflection eternal. <laughs> you can find it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, damn. I <laughs> wish I knew because I need that album. Yeah. But, but, yeah. So got these Adidas is coming out. Uh, coming out October twentieth. And if you don't get a pair, I'm sure they'll be on StockX for three times their retail price. Mm-hmm. Another quick hit. This one hit name C right in the heart. Stardew Valley creator reveals new content coming with 1.6 update. Yeah, so much. <laughs> Holy shit. A, a new festival. Mm-hmm. Two new mini festivals. Mm-hmm. New late game content, which expands on each of the skill areas. Mm-hmm. New items and crafter recipes. Joja alternatives to some of the in-game quests. 100 plus new lines of dialogue, winter outfits for the villagers, new type of reward for completing billboard requests, PC support for eight player multiplayer, many small additions and adjustments, new farm type, new secrets, and more. AMC is Stardew Valley, the game that is just going to drag you into hell with it. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. We're like already excited for it. I immediately sent it to Marissa, <laughs> the, the link that you sent me. Mm-hmm. And we were just like talking about it. The events are already amazing. The fact that there's a major event and then smaller events that has my curiosity of what the smaller events could be. Um, yeah, they just done so they've done already so much for the game. He's already working on a another game that the chocolatier. Yes. Um, and but what's great is that they're also still updating the stardew valley and the game had already has so much as it is to offer um i i'm so excited i can't wait they didn't give a date yet but it's it's there's so much coming with it that i i it's yeah it's it's scary i'm enjoying this time now that we've had without stardew because we're watching tv shows i'm playing different games but it's going to come back and it's going to reconsume our lives i think they added a new farm also as well um so yeah it's just a great overhaul not overhaul i would say addition actually to the in-game content and yeah it's it's great it's beautiful and it's a it would be my game of the year if if the game came out this year <laughs> because yeah. it's it's done so much for for my life <laughs> uh, I, feel you. I mean that's kind of how i feel about cyberpunk with the 2.0 and the phantom liberty it's just like you gave me a game i already enjoyed but then just, you gave me more of it, and you made all of it better. Yes. Uh, any any other quick hits they did? I mean, there's some 
Blizzard Diablo 4 Season 2 stuff, but we can save that for next week after we dive in. Yes. All right. Well, or do we is... dive in next week? Or do... Oh, no. You know what? I think it's the Tuesday after this coming Tuesday. So not this coming show. It, maybe we'll talk more about Season 2 on the next show when we're just a couple of days out. Yeah, it's great. It's a big patch um, that they got coming. It's going to be awesome. I think it's going to Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see those trolls too to see how they can say that it's a little too late. <laughs> it, it's gonna be the it's a little too late trolls and the it's about time trolls. Yeah, it's about damn time. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. flipped it around. Oh, they they ruined it. <laughs> yeah. They only make one game. All right. Well they just can't get it right. <laughs> <laughs> this is control issues. I am the AMC. This is AMC. We are controllers. Thanks for playing. Sucker. Thank you.